and we're ready to talk about having an open mind when you're first introduced to someone or when you are introducing yourself to someone. Mm. And first impressions in general, I think. Um, so we put out a video earlier this week about how to change your opinion of someone. Um, and this is something that, you know, I think we can all benefit from because you might meet someone and you might be interacting with them, but you just can't seem to have the most favorable impression of them. And it might not be, you know, your fault or their fault. It just is what it is. You're not clicking. Exactly. The rapport is not there. So what do you do in that situation? It's it's one thing if it's like a one and done, like you know the person and you interact with them so rarely that it doesn't really make a material difference how well you get along. But think about someone, someone that you interact with on a regular basis. Think about someone that might be in your immediate family, your extended family, mm. or your colleagues, or your managers, or your neighbors, people that you are in frequent contact with. Right. And that's really what that video is about. Right. Right? Yep. Exactly. And, you know, when it comes to first impressions, um, you know, we've all heard that uh, most of what people decide about you is, is decided in that first instance. Right. And in many cases, that's true, uh, particularly if your interactions are limited. Um, and so when we talk about first impressions, you can really talk about it from two perspectives. One is the first impression that you have of someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second one, the second side of the story is the impression they have of you in that first moment. So I think we can tackle it from both angles. Definitely. Um, but again, the goal with this conversation isn't just specifically about first impressions, but it's also how do you make and how do you in yourself instill a good first impression of the other person. Exactly. Um, because generally speaking, <laughs> we'd rather have a good impression than a bad impression. Obviously, we want to make a good impression of someone else, um, but we also want to have a good impression of them because when that happens, when you can click, uh, then you can have a much richer conversation, a much more productive conversation, uh, and you have a better outcome. Yeah, and the meaning and and the interactions are are richer and deeper and more meaningful, right? Yep. It's not it's you can you can express your authentic self, exactly. right? So it's not this superficial kind of banter. It's more of the deep stuff, which is right. always great, right? Yes, definitely. So the first thing you know is to have an open mind. Uh, if you're the person, you know, both sides, both sides, right? And so what does that mean? Well, the first thing that comes to mind with that is to, you know, keep your judgments at bay and to try not to make assumptions about the person. Mm. So they might, you know, they might remind you of someone that you might not have a great impression of. They might have the same name as someone that you might not have a great impression of. Don't let that kind of noise, you know, decide on how you are going to interact with this person or interfere with your, you know, communication with them. Right. right. Yeah. No, I think assumptions are, are a really good place to start because we're sort of hardwired to, to make assumptions, right? Exactly. Assumptions yeah. help us make decisions, uh, right? They shortcut 
uh, a path to an action, right? So we make assumptions because in the wild that saves our lives. Yeah. You know, we assume we can't outrun the tiger. <laughs> so instead we're going to have to, you know, stand and fight our ground, exactly. right? Hold our ground. Yeah. Um, so you have to make assumptions and, and those are important to do. But when it comes to people, people are so complex and, uh, you know, these days come from such different backgrounds than ourselves that assumptions can be, uh, really tricky, right? Because it's easy to make the wrong assumptions, yeah. uh, particularly in the context of, you know, having a conversation where you, you have a desired outcome. When you make an assumption, uh, you sort of um, preset, right? Preset yeah. how the conversation is going to go. Exactly. And if you made the wrong assumption, then you can run into friction, right? You yeah. can run into barriers. Exactly. Um, and that can really disrupt uh, the flow of the conversation. So instead, by you know going into the conversation without any assumptions, and instead you know you have a blank canvas and you kind of just let the conversation flow and you make an analysis on the fly you are much more likely uh, to uh, be open and receptive to um, the reality as opposed to the preconceived notion of how it's going to go. Right, exactly. And you said preconceived notions, right? That's a really great way of uh, understanding it because when we think of stereotypes or when we think of um, you know, archetypes or you pigeonhole someone into a character or uh, you know, an impression of them, um, it's not always factual, right? It's our preconceived notions about how we treat that assumption mm -hmm. or that stereotype, right? And then we run into all sorts of tricky business. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's rarely uh, that we get it right. We get those assumptions right. It's often, you know, 360 degrees from or where... Or 180 from where, yeah, that's that's right. 180 from where you, uh, you know, first started with that. Yeah, there's um, actually a funny story from college. We both went to the same college, Hamilton College, Woo! and <laughs> and um, our college was funny because it was divided into two sides informally. You had the light side and the dark side, uh, and the light side were the preppy uh, types, and the dark side were kind of the crunchy. Artsy. Uh, artsy types, right? Um, and so people on the dark side always assumed they wouldn't get along with people on the light side. And I was a dark sider, so I was considered crunchy. Uh, I liked campfires and going into the woods. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I assumed that anytime I'd interact with a light sider, we wouldn't have much in common, that we wouldn't be able to connect. Mm. And it took me several years of being there uh -huh. to finally realize that that was a false assumption. It was a, a poorly conceived preconception um, because I started interacting with these lightsiders and it turns out they were very interesting people, right? We all had very uh, interesting backgrounds and, and interesting perspectives. And I was so frustrated at myself by the end of college because mm. for the first half of it, I had cut off interactions with uh, this whole part of the, 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 the campus that I, I, I never realized I'd actually could be friends with. Mm. Um, and what I always found uh, cool about Mary Daphne was she was one of these chameleons. So she was a bit on one side, a bit on the other. Um, and you, I think, did a much more better job of setting aside your assumptions 
and you know, openly interacting with everyone. And I think it benefited you very well. Yeah, I mean, my goal was to sort of, yeah, set set the preconceived notions aside and just try to learn from everyone and and you know, be friends with light siders and dark siders and my, be, me myself uh, to to you know traverse both. And uh, yeah, it ends up being a great experience. I made a lot of friends, and wherever we travel, we we find people from Hamilton that you know we knew totally. Uh, so that was always like a really fun plus because yeah. you build these. Connections, and they might not be the strongest of connections, but you set good rapport, you create a meaningful interaction, an authentic exchange with them. And again, it doesn't take much for it to be memorable. So years later, 10 years later, you know, you're like, hey, do you remember? Of course I remember you kind of thing. And it's always yeah. really nice. Yeah. Right. So that's sort of what we want to achieve with having this open mind and setting aside our preconceived notions and our assumptions. And, you know, it is challenging to do, but with practice, you get you get used to it. So um, as a little game, you know, what you can do is when you're interacting with someone that you know well or not, um, whenever an, a, an assumption or a judgment or an opinion of them, a negative one, pops into your head, cast it aside, right? Just like push it away um, and see how much you can do that. And as you continue to do that, you'll notice that you'll stop having these, you'll, you'll stop making judgments like that off the bat. You'll just really be listening to the person and trying to understand who they are as a person. Yeah, that's great. And what that requires, part of the reason I love that yeah. is it requires you to be very present uh, with your own feelings yeah. during the conversation. It's easy when you're speaking with someone to sort of, uh, to, to lose track of the way you're feeling, right? And to let that happen automatically. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we start to say things or think things uh, that might not be true that are instead, you know, coming from a place of uh, lack of knowledge, yeah. or lack of understanding. So if you instead pay attention to the feelings that you're experiencing while you're talking, which is a lot easier said than done. Yes. Uh, when you pay attention to them, you can start to pick up on a situation where uh, you might have a bias that you yes. didn't, you know, you weren't necessarily cognizant of. of up front, right? Right, um, and and you can course correct, mm -hmm. uh, and and so like you were saying, if you feel if someone says something, you're like, oh boy, this is this kind of person, we're not going to get very far here, yeah. right? Or like we have nothing in common. Exactly. If if that pops into your head. Uh, recognize that it does, right? You say, oh, wow, I just experienced, you know, um, uh, a cognitive bias of yep. some sort. Yep. Uh, I'm going to set that aside, right? Exactly. And, and once you do, uh, it's not that, you know, that doesn't possibly present a red flag. It could. It could. But that's an opportunity then to explore it, right? Exactly. If, if someone says something that you think uh, doesn't align with your values yep. or your perspective, yep. Instead of hardening yourself to that person and saying, well, we're not going to get along. Exactly. Explore that. Explore that that contrast yeah. between your perspective and theirs and try to understand why they have that perspective, yeah. right? And yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to essentially um, disarm uh, one of these uh, conversation blockers and convert it into a conversation enabler. Exactly. I love that. It's so true, Greg. And you know... What's funny is, so we mentioned not making assumptions, right? But there is one thing that you can make an assumption about. You know what that is? Tell me. Okay. 
It's about having multiple perspectives and worldviews. So for example, if I'm mm. talking to someone, I can assume that their worldview, their perspective, their outlook on life, their field of experience is going to be different from my own. Right. right. And that's a beautiful thing because like you said, you can use that as a conversation enabler. You can use that as, you know, fodder for learning more about the person and where they're from and where they've traveled to and where they grew up and where they were, you know, I don't know, where they experienced life and all of this stuff. Right. Sure. So I love that. Making yeah. assumptions about them having a different worldview. And when we talk about worldview, what pops into mind is symbolic interactionism, how we all interact with symbols differently. Yeah. Right? And so totally. that's a big one. You you did a yeah. really good video on symbolic interactionism yeah. um, a few months back. Yeah. If, if that term sounds it's long and scary, <laughs> uh, you're in good company. Yeah. Uh, but we actually have two videos on that. So yeah. just, just check out our channel. Uh, and there's some really good uh, sort of... Uh, um, coverage yes. of, of the, that term, but I totally agree. I I'll think, link them below. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. absolutely yeah. fits into this because yeah. uh, I, I, a lot of preconceived notions are based on uh, these symbols exactly. and, and um, exactly. well, I do things this way. And so if that person is not doing things this way, they are, you know, you know, uh, trying to cause conflict right. or right. don't understand me, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, that well, that latter part might be true. Yeah, but then but you, you may not understand them either. Right, and right? they might have the same feelings about you. Yeah. Right, so it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that you can factor into this is being cognizant of any cross-cultural communication barriers or obstacles, because again, with a different cultural background or linguistic background or field of experience. There might be, might, I'm saying, it's, I'm using a modal, some friction, mm. right? It's not necessarily uh, a given. It's not, you know, all the time that way. But do keep in mind that maybe if you're conversing with someone um, and you're both from different, you know, cultural backgrounds, there might be different ways of, you know, your nonverbals might be different. Maybe, you know, smiling is not uh, something that, they express in that culture. I'm just making some stuff up, but yeah. you know what I mean? It, it could very well be uh, a cultural thing and you have to be open to that. Totally, yeah. Uh, some and, and a lot of these, I think, manifest very early in your conversation, right? Um, an example is in uh, China, where I lived yeah. for several years yeah. and grew up, actually, because Hong Kong's technically China now. Yeah. Um, but in any event, I uh, uh, I would find that the Chinese didn't really say much of uh, please. Could mm. you please do this? Could you please do that? It was just not part of the right. You vernacular. don't you don't say please. You just ask for what it is. Yeah, you ask and that's for. considered polite. And right. That polite. is the polite way of asking. Right. Um, or it's the expected way. And and when I would speak Chinese, I would always add pleases mm -hmm. uh, into my uh, into my sort of conversation yeah. and thank yous as well as the same concept with yeah. thank yous. Yeah. And uh, people would say, you know, you don't need to say please. Yeah. Stop saying thank you. Stop thanking me. Uh, and in fact, they, they found that to be distancing. Right. Because That's people close to you 
um, would uh, would not expect a please and thank you, right? Yeah. If, the closer you are to someone, the less formality you would expect. So why say please and thank you? That suggests that we're not close, right? Right. right. So it's just this funny thing that yeah. can manifest very early on in a yeah. relationship, in yeah. a conversation, yeah. um, that, uh, you know, Two cultures do it so differently that there could be conflict stemming from that. Absolutely. At least cognitive dissonance. Right? Yes, cognitive dissonance and confusion can, that can abound from that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I remember, so I spent a lot of time in Turkey. While Greg was in China, I was in Turkey. And um, I, I learned so much. It was such an amazing experience for me to be there. I learned the language and the culture and I made a lot of wonderful friends and it was, I treasure those moments very much. Um, and one of the fun things was, I remember early on in my um, immersion, we were at a, you know, a, a, someone's house. And in Turkish culture, you know, they're very hospitable. So whenever you have someone over, you are, you know, putting out the whole beautiful, like, you know, arrangement of all these dishes. Yeah, you have a smorgasbord of amazing dishes. And they want you to enjoy the food and you want to keep eating it. They want you to keep eating it. So when somebody um, comes around with another, like let's say your second or third plate, yeah, believe it or not, you better go hungry there. Um, <laughs> they'll ask you, would you like some more? And so in American culture, when we say, thank you, wait, now I'm getting all confused. See, cross-cultural. I know. <laughs> when we say thank you, yes, you can add more food, right? Mm. Yes, thank you. Right? So add more food. I would love an extra. Right. Would you like some more? Thank you. Thank you. Right? That would be um, a gesture for more. Yeah. Another helping. Another I, I would serve you more if you said thank you. Precisely. But in Turkish culture, when you say thank you, that means no. Like uh, in that context, you'll say teşekkürler and they'll walk away. Like, And then it's like, so I remember saying I did want another, right, like right. a second helping of something. And I said, thank you. And they walked away, <laughs> so I couldn't Where are they going? figure out. I was like, "Wait, no, I do, I do want more." Yeah. So I remember that being like a funny. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, that stuff happens so all the happens. time. So it happens. And and it's easy to be uh, frustrated. Frustrated. By that like I could have been like, it. "Why aren't they giving me food? Did they not want to like give me another helping of it?" Right. Um, and then in French culture, again around food, because I also spent a lot of time in France, another wonderful place. I also know that language, so it was fun to learn. Um, so we would have like a plate of food and you're supposed to, if you enjoy the meal, you're supposed to leave one like tiny little piece of food on your plate to mm. show that you enjoy the food. If you clean your plate entirely, that's actually, uh, it's actually an insult to the chef because, or the person who served you, the like host. Uh, the host, because you're basically saying you didn't feed me enough. I'm still hungry. Right. And then if you, do, if you leave too much on your plate, that was like, that means I didn't really like the food. It wasn't that good. So you're supposed to leave. So let's say, like, imagine a pea, right? Leave just one pea on your plate. That suffices. And 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 that's sufficient. And you can, you know, then show the host that you right. relish the meal. So let's take that example now. Yeah. And let's look at it from both perspectives, yes. right? So yes. from the perspective of you as the guest, you're there. Uh, you finish your plate clean. Clean. Licking it And you're all it proud and of yourself. You're like, wow, I really, you know, I really impressed this host um, and showed them how much I liked this yeah. food. Meanwhile, yeah. the host is like, like, oh gosh. Oh gosh. I don't I have anything else in my food. pantry. This is so embarrassing. embarrassing. Right? Yeah, um, exactly. And so uh, two people can have a completely different perspective. 
and you assume you're making a good impression. And that's the symbolic right. interactionism and, effect, and, and right? And they're worried that they're making a bad impression. Right, because they didn't serve you enough But food. here's the kicker. Yeah. They then get uncomfortable. Right. And you start to pick up on that vibe. And suddenly it goes from this positive situation yep, yep. into, you know, a spiraling down situation yeah, where yeah. they're uncomfortable, which right. makes you uncomfortable, right. which starts to stifle the conversation. Because yep. we pick up on that as humans. Exactly. Like we can immediately exactly. read the micro expressions, the pauses, the intonalities and all of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that can start to happen. Yeah. So let's apply then uh, this open mindedness to the situation. Right. The first as the host, uh, you know, you see them finish the plate. Uh, as the host, you're concerned about that. Yeah. You know that normally people don't finish the plate in your house and suddenly <laughs> someone's finished the plate. But this is someone from a different country, right? As someone you haven't met before. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe uh, they finished the plate because they're really hungry. Yeah. Or maybe that's just what they do. Or maybe but, they enjoyed it so much they wanted to eat every single morsel of food on their right. plate. Right, maybe they want more. Um, yeah. And so, but, but, but your, your job then is to probe it a little bit, right? Instead of being embarrassed about it, you say, oh, I saw you finish the plate. I'm so sorry we don't have any more. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can prepare something else for you. Yeah. And then the guest can say, you know, actually, I'm totally full. full. I just was so good. I, you know, I yeah. couldn't help finishing the plate. Exactly. Right. And then exactly. conversations, you know, you're, you know, can continue. Yeah. And, and everyone's happy. Right. So right? I love that because that way it gives you a chance to maybe verbalize on that action. Right. Instead of leaving something open to interpretation, knowing that you might not have read that symbol of finishing the plate the same way, then you can always add that extra, like, sub. think of it as adding a subtitle, right? Mm. I love that because it's like you have the image of the video or of the movie, and then you have the subtitle saying, totally. that was so great. How did you make that? I would love to get the recipe. I'm not hungry anymore. This was perfect. <laughs> so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, a great comment from Yasmin uh, which is, there's the, a famous phrase, come, come, whoever you are. Oh, yeah. Is that a Rumi right? quote? I think it's Rumi. Uh, I love yes, that. it is Rumi. Okay. Yeah, come, come, whoever you are, right? Anyone is welcome. Mm, and, beautiful. I and love that. the more diverse the crowd, the more interesting ideas For sure. uh, For can sure. be raised and, and the more engaging the conversation. Yeah, I mean, right? I think part of why we love going abroad so much and traveling, I mean, right now no one's traveling. We're not traveling. But um, when we do have that opportunity. And As my brother says, in the before times. Yeah, in the before times. The, <laughs> the before, before the before. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the before before. The before before. Um, one thing that really resonates so well with us is that there's such a diverse group. It's just such a cool way of, of mixing different like worldviews and cultures. So you are bound to learn something new and meet people and yeah. learn, you know, different traditions. I love that. It, this is so cool. It just adds an extra dynamic layer to, to our existence, right? So yeah. um, having these open mind um perspectives is going to really benefit you because you'll be able to maybe travel, you'll be able to maybe live in another country for a while, you'll be able to maybe take a job that uh, requires another language, you'll be, you know, all these things. So cross-cultural communication definitely fits into this whole idea, this notion of having an open mind. Exactly. Uh, with first impressions or just in interactions in general, right, right. Greg? Totally. Yeah. And, and What's great about it is it absolutely applies to when you're traveling. 
it's also it can be it can be very local, right? For sure. It can be your neighbor, right? Oh, uh, totally. It can be totally. Uh, the uh, you know you started a new job and it's your your you know, new colleague, right, or your new boss. All these situations, you're encountering someone uh, who may have a different perspective than you do, um, or is just used to doing things differently than Definitely. you do, and by adopting an open mindset, you're much more likely to get off on the right foot. And that's particularly important if you're planning to spend a lot of time with them, which is right. you know, where this really matters. When you meet someone and then you, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to hang out with them after that, it's less of a big deal. Yeah. You still you know, are yeah. gonna benefit from having an open mind. You'll have sure. a more interesting conversation. But this is particularly powerful if this is someone who you're gonna be In regular stuck with, for better, with. Or, better or worse, you know, for a long period of time. This is where this really is powerful because the sooner you can orient your mind uh, toward seeing that person in a positive light, uh, the better off you're going to be, right? The happier you're going to be, the for more sure. comfortable you are going to be around them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we didn't touch too much upon the um, making the first impression, but there are a couple of things that I just want to share with you quickly. You know, when you're when you're trying to put your best foot forward in an interaction, in a first interaction, introduction rather, mm. uh, you want to think about having, you know, a positive disposition. Now, for some people that might mean smiling. Like, I'm a smiler, um, but not everyone is, and that's okay. But, you know, as long as you can show that you're being positive and you're speaking in a positive way, a comforting and positive tonality, mm -hmm. um, open body language, right? Not like closed off and like, you know, hunched over and like, grimacing, but having that like open, welcome body language, we pick up on these, right? So if you can do your best and be aware of that kind of signal that you're sending out with your body language, with your nonverbals, and also with your positive disposition, mm. then that's really going to take you far in, in, in having a good, in making a good impression on someone. Right? And it's reciprocal too, right? It's reciprocal, when, yeah. When, when they see that, yes. uh, they then start to respond with more positive and warm and friendly For body sure. language. For sure. And, 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 and language, uh, like spoken language. Yeah. So uh, the, more, the more warmth you give off, the more warmth you're going to receive. That's the beauty of human interaction. These, these interactions feed off each other. Oh, yeah. And if you can make them positive, that can engender this positive feedback loop. Yeah, and then that sets the ground for building rapport and mm -hmm. finding common ground between you. Yeah. So picking up on things that they're passionate about, right? You can tell when someone's interested in something by the way they speak about it. There's a little bit of passion that, so maybe someone's, you know, uh, they love baseball and the way they talk about baseball, you can just tell like they're ready to like bat, you know, and make a home run or I don't know, whatever. But you can tell when someone's excited about that. So you might not be a huge baseball aficionado or even play the sport, but you can ask them about it, right? And finding that kind of common ground is super, super beneficial when you're trying to create that positive impression. And also, it's just a great way to have these positive, authentic interactions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're uh, running up against the, uh, the time limit here, but uh, yes. hopefully this was helpful in you know getting more comfortable yeah. with the idea of meeting people that are different than who are different than you, right? Um, and getting off on the right foot because again, as, as we open up saying, by getting off on the right foot, uh, you can have a much more productive conversation. Uh, you can have a much better outcome, mm -hmm. and more importantly, these are people you're spending. Uh, are expecting to spend more time with, 
uh, you can set a really good foundation, a, a strong, sturdy foundation for a, a, you know, a productive and fruitful relationship. That's right. Yeah. So think about things also like in the long term, right? Yeah. From that angle. Yeah. It'll really benefit you. So that's a wrap on this live stream. Be sure to check out our other videos, our other lessons. Subscribe to our newsletter. You'll hear uh, from us weekly. We also came up with a great web, web course. So if you're interested in that, you can actually, you can, I'll link it below. And it's also in the community tab. So yes, it's all if, about working remotely. Yeah. So if that's something that strikes your fancy, then mosey on over. Check it out. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And thank you. We will catch you next week. That's right. Happy exploring, everyone. And have a great weekend. Bye.